Happy Easter. He is risen. All right, I love hearing that. Because that does not, maybe some of us, it gets old a little bit, but it shouldn't get old because Jesus is risen. He's risen indeed. And we can celebrate Jesus is alive. And that's what we celebrate, especially on Easter Sunday. Now, on, on Easter, I know there's a lot of fun activities. People spend time with family and, and get together and do different things. But I hope that always, if you believe in Jesus and you trust Him as your Lord and Savior, that we keep Jesus as the center of what this day is all about and what we Jesus is alive. Well, this morning we are going to be looking at going through the I am statements of, of Jesus. Jesus said seven different times in the Gospel of John, I am. And he said, I am. He's, he's trying to let people know who he is. Who is Jesus? He wants, he wants us to understand who he is, that he is the Savior, the King, the Son of God. But he, so he said, he gave different illustrations, he gave different talks to people so they would understand more about who Jesus is. So he said, I'm the bread of life. You guys need me. I am the only one that will sustain you. He said, I am the light of the world. And he, he wants to shine his light through us. He said, I am the good shepherd. And we know he is the best shepherd that he takes care of his sheep. Also, right in that time too, he said that he is the gates for the sheep. So no one comes in or out without him knowing and him protecting and we also looked at that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That no one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. So if anyone ever says, oh, I, I live a good life. I, I do lots of good things. I'm... But they don't have Jesus. Jesus says that, he, that they're not going to be with Him in paradise. So we need to know that the only way to be in heaven, the only way to the Father is through Jesus. And He offers abundant life. The way of Jesus is not just for later on having eternal life, but it's for now having abundant life in Him. Life to the full. And then we also looked last week, we saw that Jesus is the true vine. That we need to abide in Jesus. We need to remain in Him so we can bear fruit. And that that fruit... When we abide in Jesus, that's the only way we're going to bear fruit. And the more fruit we bear, the more we glorify the Father. And so we want to remain in the vine. And today we're looking at Jesus as the resurrection and the life. Jesus, we know on Easter Sunday, He came out of the grave. He came, He was dead and now is alive. That is not normal in case... In case you might think it is. It's not normal that when someone is dead, they come back to life. But Jesus shows that He has the power over life and death. He has the power over sin. And when the enemy thought He won, He didn't. Because when Jesus died on the cross, the enemy was celebrating and the disciples and the followers of Jesus, and they had heard Jesus say multiple times that He was going to rise from the dead. 
still on that Good Friday, they weren't happy. Because they saw Jesus die. And there was no doubt in their mind that he was dead. And so when someone says, well, Jesus just was unconscious. He, he wasn't really, he was just asleep in the grave. He, they didn't, you know, there's different ways that you could, they could think he's dead. No, everyone believed that he was dead. The Romans, the Romans even pierced his side to make sure that his life blood flowed out of him. He was dead and he was buried. He was in the grave. And when the women came on the third day to, to put spices on his body because they couldn't do it on Sabbath, when they came, he wasn't there anymore. The stone was rolled away and Jesus had risen from the grave. So today we're going to look at what it, what it means that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. So I encourage you to open your Bibles to John chapter 11. And there's, in John chapter 11, there's this story about these siblings, Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus. And Lazarus has been very sick, and they sent word to Jesus, our brother is about to die, he's so sick, please come and save him. Because Mary and Martha saw that Jesus has power. They saw he had power to heal people. And Mary and Martha wanted Jesus to come and save their brother. But Jesus doesn't come right away. And so Mary and Martha are pretty disappointed, especially because their brother died. Lazarus died. And we're going to start in, in verse 17. So in John chapter 11, verse 17, it says, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been dead, had been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany, where they, he was, where they were, was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Mary and Martha to comfort them as a loss of their brother. So there's this crowd. A lot of people are there to comfort this family that lost their brother. And it's not that far from Jerusalem, so a lot of people from Jerusalem came. Now, many of you might know this story, so I'm just going to flip to the end of this story to see what happens. And we'll go, we'll go back and read a little bit of the in, in the middle part. But it says in verse 38 that Jesus once deeply moved. He came to the tomb where Lazarus was. And, the, and it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. And Jesus said, take away the stone. He's foretelling something here. The, the grave is going to be empty. Take away the stone. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he's been in there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So then... They, they took the stone away. And Jesus looked up at it and said, he prayed, he, he prayed to his father. He said, thank you that you've heard me. And listen to his prayer. He says, I knew that you always hear me, 
But I say this, this prayer, for the benefit of the people standing here so that they could believe that you sent me. So when Jesus had said this, he called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, Lazarus, come out. And I, can you imagine the people around thinking, why in the world would he open the tomb? Why would he be, telling, why would he be praying about, about the, this stuff about the people would know about who he is? But then it's crazy because he says, Lazarus, he calls a dead man. He says, come out. Now, a few weeks later, Jesus did not need someone to say, Jesus, come out. Did he? No. But here Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. Not very often you're going to see that sentence. The dead man came out. His hands and his feet were wrapped with strips of linen and cloth was around his face. And Jesus says, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Jesus had the power over death. He brought someone that was clearly dead and in the grave back to life. Jesus has the power over sin and death. Even before he went to the cross, he had the power. And our first point this morning is that our risen Jesus, the resurrection, who shows that he has the power to restore life. Jesus can restore life. He can restore what is broken. He can restore even dead deadness in our life. He restored a man's life that was dead, and Jesus has all power and authority to do that. So we believe that Jesus is the one that has power. And he has had lots of ways that he was displaying power. But now in this in this miracle, in this sign that John calls it, he wanted people to know that Jesus is the only one that can do this. Jesus is the only one that can give life. Because then again, Jesus is the life giver. So of course he can restore life. But he has the power over death. And you can imagine, the people, were, the people couldn't believe it. They just saw a dead man walk out. They saw a dead man that had burial clothes on him. Walking. Probably struggling to walk because it's all tied up. But Lazarus would need burial clothes again years later. Jesus never did. When Jesus rose from the dead, he left his burial clothes there folded nicely never to be used again because Jesus never died again. He is still alive. And Jesus is the resurrection. Jesus is the Son of God. And all through this series, we've been looking at how Jesus says, I am. But it's showing. When when Moses was first encountered the burning bush, and he said, "Who, who are you, God? What do I call you? God said, I am. So Jesus is saying in John, I am. I am God. And then he shows 
different ways that he is God. And so Jesus is God. He is the great I am. He has the power over death and he gives life. And then let's look back in this story in John 11 and kind of go back to, to what Mary and Martha were thinking. So in, verse, in John 11, verse 20, it's, it shows right before Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead. And it says this, When Martha had heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, and Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had just been here, my brother would rise again. Sorry, my brother would have not died. If you would have just been here, you could have saved him. (sighs) But now you can't. If you would have just been here. Then she says, but I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. She knows that he is sent from God. She knows that God is going to give whatever Jesus, the Son of God, wants. Do we think that the Son of God wants something different than God the Father? No, we don't. And I don't think she thought that either. The Son and the Father are in agreement. When we ask something in Jesus' name, we want to be in agreement with Jesus, with God and God the Father and the Spirit. We want to be in agreement. And when we are in agreement, we saw this last week, that He gives what we ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Your brother is going to rise again. And so Martha answered, I know he's going to rise again at the resurrection of the last day. I, like, that's great, Jesus. That, that's good. I'm glad he's going to rise again. I'm glad for eternity he's going to be with you. But, but I miss him now, and I wish you would have come earlier. I wish you would have shown that you could save him because my brother's dead. My brother's no longer with us. I want my brother back. And, and so here, Jesus is, she believed that Jesus has the power. She believed that Jesus could save her brother if it would have been earlier. And, And we see here that Jesus is the one, the only one, to provide abundant life. He provides abundant life now and forever. And that's our second point today, is that Jesus provides abundant life. Martha knew that her brother was going to rise. She knew that the faith that she had in Jesus, the way that he loved Jesus, that was going to, that was going to, be enough that he was going to have abundant life forever with the Father, with the Son, with the Spirit in heaven. But Jesus wants 
to provide abundant life, not just for eternity, but for now. Not just for later. He wants it now. And from the Net Bible, it says, Jesus went on to point out when Martha's general understanding of resurrection at the last day was inadequate for the present situation. For the gift of life that conquers death was a present reality to Jesus. He knew he had the power to resurrect Lazarus. This is consistent with John's perspective. John, the author here. That that his perspective on eternal life, his eternal life, John says eternal life is not just later. It's not just a future reality, but something that we can be experienced in the present as well. I mean, if you look at, if you look at John 17, 1 to 3, Jesus prays this, Father, in the, the hour has come, glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted authority. You granted him authority over all people and that, it, that he might give eternal life to those who have given him. That Jesus would give eternal life. And listen to what he says in verse 3. Now this is eternal life. Jesus says it. This is eternal life. That they know you. Eternal life, Jesus says, is that people know the Father, that they know God, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Jesus says eternal life is when we know God, when we experience the Father and the Son and the Spirit, when we experience and know Jesus personally, that that is eternal life. It's not just for later. But Jesus, our risen Lord, He is providing this abundant life for now and forever. It's not just forever. It also starts now. Because Jesus said, when he, when he was talking about how He was the, the great, the good shepherd, that He's the one that gives life. When, when the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, that Jesus gives abundant life. He gives abundant life. You know, many of us have seen Jesus restore brokenness. We've seen Jesus give life into marriages that were hurting, that were broken. We've seen Jesus giving life into relationships, family drama, all kinds of situations, addictions. We've seen Jesus do that. I mean, I, I can remember vividly seeing a marriage that had no chance, even though they were both believers in Jesus, but they had no chance at restoring their marriage. And because of Jesus, because Jesus provided life for them, abundant life, they came back together. I remember seeing someone that was so lost in depression. They had no hope. They didn't even know if they were going to live the next day. And they were, they just, they had no hope. And even though this person believed in Jesus with all their heart, they were so broken and lost. 
because of what was happening in the depression in their life. But because of Jesus and His power and His life, that person was fully restored. That person is thriving now and loving Jesus. Jesus is the only one that's going to provide abundant life now and forever. Now, this is, now, Martha was still trying to figure out this question. She was trying to figure out why Jesus is talking about why her brother would rise. And she's just like, yeah, well, he's going to rise later. And Jesus said in verse 25, back in John 11, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus declares, this is the, the, the last statement we're looking at in this series of I am, when Jesus says who he is. He says, I am the resurrection. I am the life. And he says, he describes it. He says, the one who believes in me will live even though they die. What does that mean? When they die, that's not the end of the story because they're going to have life in Jesus for eternity. And he says, whoever lives by believing in me will never die. It's kind of describing the same thing here. They won't be lost for eternity. That I'm going to give life to all who believe and trust in me as the resurrection and as the life. And so he then asks Martha this question. Do you believe this? And I think Jesus could be asking all of us the same question. Do you believe this? Fill in the blank with your name. Do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus is the only one that's going to provide eternal life? The only one to come, that we can come and have access to Him in heaven. And on this day where we celebrate Easter, we don't celebrate a dead God that died on a cross. We celebrate a risen Savior, Jesus, that lives forevermore. And so our third point today is that our risen Jesus, the resurrection and the life, who promises eternal life to all who believe in Him. Jesus promises eternal life. And when he asked Martha, do you believe this? She says, yes, I believe that you're the Messiah. I believe you're the anointed one. Do we believe that Jesus will give us life now and forever? The resurrection and the life. Jesus, the one that has power over the dead. Even his own self when he died. He has power over the dead. He is the resurrection and He is the life. I don't know, sometimes I th- think like when we think of the word life, it, it's still kind of a clouded vision in our mind. It's, it's, it's like our, how our life could be if things are the best. But life with Jesus for all eternity, abundant life now and forever, is way better than just how we can picture it. It's way better And so that's what we have our hope in. If you believe Jesus, if you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, and you've declared that Jesus is Lord of your life, like it says in Romans, 
then you will be saved. And you don't have to worry about when Jesus says, when people come to Him and say, Lord, Lord, I did all these things in Your name. I did these things for You. And Jesus says, I don't know You. We don't have to worry about that because we want to be not just doing things in Jesus' name, but we want to have life in Jesus. We have abundant life and eternal life in Jesus. Now what's interesting here is when Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead, there were some people that believed and some people went to go tell the authorities. Look what Jesus did. <clears throat> so in verse 38 of this, of this chapter, John 11, Jesus, I'm sorry, that's when he raised Lazarus from the dead. And after he had called him to come out, and he said, take off his grave clothes, let him go, free him, let him be free. Then in, in verse 45, it says, therefore many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen him believed what Jesus did. They, they believed in Jesus. Many of that crowd, they saw, wow, Jesus really has power. He doesn't just have power to heal some people. He has power over life and death. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. And then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. And they said, what are we accomplishing? So first of all, the, these people were mad that Jesus was giving life to people. There are people in this world still that get, are mad that Jesus does good things. And I hope that's not us. I hope that's not because of the religious ways that we think. Because these people were, were, were considered righteous and holy people they were the rulers of the religion. Why would they be the ones that were upset when Jesus was restoring life to people? But they said, what are we accomplishing? Here is a man performing many signs. That should be enough. We should be like, oh, yes, let's believe that Jesus is the Son of God. But no, they said, if we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. Oh, no. We don't want everyone to believe in Jesus. We need to stop him. They said, and the Romans will come and take away both our temple and our nation. They cared more about their religion. They cared more about their temple, their, their nation, than about God. I hope that's not us, that we care more about a building, that we care more about a nation. We care more about religious tradition than we care about how God is moving. Then one of them, named Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, he spoke up and he said, you know nothing at all. You do not realize that it is better for you that one man die for the people than the whole nation perish. One man needs to die so that we can be saved. Now, they were, they were saying the truth of God. They just didn't realize 
how they were saying it because they thought Jesus needed to be killed and got rid of so that the nation of Israel, the Jews, could be restored. But Jesus, he was taken to the cross. He was killed. But Jesus could have stopped everything. Jesus had all power. He could have stopped what they were doing to him. But out of love for you, and out of love for me, and out of love for his Father that told him to do this, Jesus willingly died a sinner's death. He died in our place when we should have been on the cross because of our sin. Our main idea today is by Jesus offering his life, he defeated death and offers us his life. Because Jesus offered his life as an atoning sacrifice, the way that paid for our sins, he defeated death. He, he, he didn't just die. He came back to life. He rose on the third day. And now he's offering us his life that we can trust in him and follow him. And if you don't have that life, if you don't know what it means to follow Jesus and, and to, to trust Jesus with your life, please don't wait another day. Turn to Jesus. You can, we can all ask if when we turn to Jesus, when we say, admit that I am wrong for the sin in my life, and there's nothing that I could do to come to the Father, when we, when we pray, Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God, I believe that you rose from the dead. I believe that you are my Lord and my Savior. Please take away my sins. Please forgive me. Jesus says yes. Jesus says yes. And the angels celebrate because the loss has been found. Because life has come New life has come to someone. And so if that is you, I just encourage you. I ask you, please do that. Please turn to Jesus and surrender your life to him because he is the only way to have life and life for eternity. Well, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you offer life Thank you that you conquered the grave. You conquered death. Thank you that you were no longer there in the tomb. You were no longer in the grave. That you are alive. And when the disciples came looking for Jesus, they came looking for you, they came looking, trying to figure it out, that you weren't there. That you had rose from the dead. And so Jesus, we thank you that you have life and you offer life to all who turn to you. Thank you that you gave your life for mine. We pray that we would remember you, our Savior, on this Easter day and every day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.